0: on the house. Good morning, Arizona. You're tuned in to Rosie on the house. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place. We're here every Saturday morning to inform, protect, and entertain you having to do with the maintenance, repair, or remodeling of your house, home, castle, or cabin. Voted Arizona's number one homeowner resource and contractor referral for 13 years running. Don't even think about touching your house until you touch base with us here at Rosie on the House. And here's how you do that. Right now, you dial toll free 888 18-767-4348. That's one Rosie, the number four and the letter U. One triple eight Rosie for you. And Miss Jess Welch will grab the phone, get your name, where you're calling from, what your question is, and we'll share your question and the appropriate answer with all the listening audience as our ongoing effort to educate Arizona homeowners to living in a home in Arizona. Allow me the privilege of putting my 48 years of experience building and remodeling Arizona homes to work for you. one 767 4348 Whether you're a newcomer or you've been here all your life, no matter where you are in Arizona or what you want to do, I've probably already done it. Once or twice. And if I haven't, I know somebody who has, and we can put you in touch with the right people. So, to get the show started, let's do a little weekend review. A little little storm spanking. And and we did not see much of the storm, but we saw one of the most incredible lightning exhibit and shows that night. Than we've ever seen from our house, I mean it was spectacular. I video recorded it. It it was a spectacular lightning show,
1: but Pinal County Board of Supervisors declared a state of emergency. (laughs) For three of their, not the entire county, but three areas like Eloy, Toltec, and Arizona City, which are all kind of you know real close to each other. I guess they got spanked pretty good. The. Tucson.com, which is the Arizona Daily Star publication, newspaper, in Tucson, they actually have a, a special section on their website designated to monsoon pictures <laughs> of the year, and they've got some really good ones on there, and some great pictures of the Catalinas under rainfall. Well, the images of what hit Mesa were pretty
0: incredible. Those major steel, 150, 200-foot-tall transmission lines folded in half. And laying down like a uh, like matchsticks on the ground, and the one particular community that got hit—I mean, just couches and—I mean, just shredded. It was an incredible microburst. So
1: the Arizona Republic said they they estimated gusts of winds up to 80 miles an hour. Mesa Fire recruits responded to more than 180 calls of business and house fires, down power line, tree, and transformer fires. Re- Relative to that time last year, it was like 45 calls. So you know, 300 <laughs> percent increase in the number of calls. Ktar.com was reporting it. Srp crews were working on more than 100 utility poles and 15 power lines down. Golly. at the height of the storm, we had 70,000 homeowners
0: without power. So um, that that was a bad storm. It was it was definitely really bad in certain pockets. It wasn't one of those statewide monster storms. Uh, But we've been trying to get y'all ready for that. For those of you that are new to Arizona, know this is the time of year we'll have our most violent weather. It is called the monsoon. It's when we get about half of the rain we get all year long. And the monsoon rain is typically accompanied by a fierce, good, blowing wind. As opposed to our January rains, which is that soft winter uh, rain from heaven just dropping lightly and, and politely on your patio roof and, and, and backyard. Uh, so 70,000 people without power. I never knew before this storm that as a utility provider customer, you're entitled to free ice based on the number of hours you're out of power i never knew that (laughs) you turn in your receipts or but i mean they had they had cooling stations handing out free ice and water at uh, city hall down in Eloy, uh, at the at the middle school at the high school Uh, so i guess it was quite the quite the event down there I mean, Beeline Highway was closed both directions with power lines down across the highway, so we're in that time of year. Uh, Romy, I'm glad none of your kids were sleeping like, on your trampoline that night. It, it got relocated <laughs> about 150 feet. Uh, uh, it, it picked up and went 150 feet.
1: Well, I don't know if it picked up or wow. it rolled or how it all happened, but we just kind of noticed the next day, oh, wow, look, trampoline's way over there in the Palo Verde trees. It had gone a lot farther if it hadn't gotten caught up in this <laughs> cluster of trees. But um, And it's uh, north, too, uh, Highway 89 north of Flagstaff was closed in both directions from flooding. And Coconino County is requesting assistance filling one million sandbags. So far, they've the, had some pretty good floods already up there this year. Multiple fire departments, along with Air Force and National Guard, they've got uh, about four hundred thousand bags filled. So they're almost halfway <laughs> there. Okay, and it, <laughs> looking at the pictures they calf news posted, there's uh, sandbag hoppers, and these hoppers you fill with a you know a front end loader tractor the sand and there's three little the uh you know spots at the bottom you can put a sandbag so you can have three men working per hopper at a time and they're they're getting ready for wow. uh, protecting a, the a million sandbags. sandbags well they've had some pretty good storms already i was going to say the cajun
2: navy would probably be the first to call down yeah. in louisiana they can fill up sandbags they can quickly. fill up sandbags so, if you're
1: listening cajun navy could use you in flag you're exactly right you are exactly <laughs> right. And, and it ain't over. According to Arizona Weather Force, Hurricane Estella, is far south, but her effects will give western New Mexico a boost that will increase Arizona's monsoon by over 300% as of... July 23rd, which is today. The center of the activity will be where most populated areas of the state are, so be prepared. Be prepared. We'll be talking about that quite a bit throughout the rest of the show. Let's see if we can take Andy, who's called
0: in early in the show, and then we've got Rick on hold as well. Andy, good morning. Welcome to Rosie on the House. How can we help you, my friend? Good morning. Um, So I'm going to put a
1: patio
2: extension and the contractor i have says he wants to pour four inches of concrete so my first question is is that thick enough uh i'm going to put a pergola on it and put a barbecue island and i want to put rebarb in there and he said there's no need for it okay so i just wanted to get a second opinion
0: uh, the four-inch concrete slab area is plenty. You'll use a two-by-four. It'll go in at three-and-a-half inches thick on top of ABC. Don't let them pour it straight on top of the decomposed granite or the native soil. That'll cause a problem. So you'll over-excavate four inches. You'll fill up four inches of ABC, form it, and pour a three-and-a-half, four-inch concrete slab. We don't pour concrete. Generally, when you order it from the ready-batch plants, it comes to you at about 2000 2,500 PSI. It hardly costs anything to up that to 4,000. It's like three more bags of cement per truck. Uh, We don't order any concrete that's not 4,000 PSI. The surface wear on it is a lot better. It doesn't reduce the cracking. Only the rebar or the uh, reinforced mesh will do that. Four inches is plenty for the flat area. For the island and for the structural post where you're going to stand, the pergola post, there's going to need to be foot footings underneath those areas don't forget to take a look at the building department that's got the jurisdiction in your area get in touch with them and find out exactly what kind of
1: permit and footing you might need we appreciate the call any other questions along the way feel free to ring us back we've got rick on the line now he wants to talk about an issue he's having with his water here Lines, And we've actually got a lifeline on the line, Jeff Carmichael of Day and Night Plumbing, to help us walk through it because it's kind of an unusual uh, unusual case. So we brought in some extra help. Rick, go ahead and explain your situation. Yeah, first of all, I want to say Rosie's a man,
2: Romy's a man, and Sweet Jennifer's a lady. So <laughs> I want to thank you okay. and, your, and your crew for helping us out every Saturday with our household needs. Oh, thank so we you we want to thank you thank you very um, much yes um every time i turn my water on on my shower a master bedroom uh i want to get some little more coal to it and then it starts rattling then i got to adjust it again to try to get that rattle noise uh to stop
0: okay i've got a few ideas but let me introduce you to mr carmichael
2: yes sir good morning good morning guys Um uh, where is it is it just isolated to the shower only? That's the only uh, valve that you're experiencing the noise from? Yes, sir. Okay. It, it's more than likely either a cartridge or there's a restriction uh, of the water somewhere in that mixing valve. Um, within the, That's the internal components um, that you're switching your hot and cold water around. Um, so it's more than likely a restriction or a failure somewhere on those internal uh components to that fixture
1: mm-hmm.
0: well that'll be that that can be pretty simple to solve andy you can um uh, you, you, you i mean you can google youtube almost any repair at all uh but if you'd like someone to come out and take care of it it's day and night jeff what's your phone number can you hear me guys yeah yep jeff what's your, what's your phone number buddy Oh, gotcha. Uh, 602-956-9404. We're, Day we're, and night, air conditioning, heating and plumbing. Appreciate you letting us interrupt your Saturday morning to help our Arizona homeowners. It's what we do here at Rosie on the House. We're going to go to a quick break, but we can take your call and your question as well at one 767 4348
1: Welcome back to Rosie on the House. It's Saturday morning. Rosie cannot hear in his headset, so uh, you want to... And this is actually your interview you had lined up, so why don't you just trade me spots so you can talk to your guests about... Uh, Let's play a game of musical chairs. <laughs> We're here to
0: answer any question y'all might have about home improvement or home remodeling. You can reach us. Miss Jess Welch is going to be call screening for us this morning. Thanks, Miss Jess, for coming in. one 767 We'll do anything we can to answer any question you might have about anything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. But I was sitting on the back patio at my house the other night, and I was reading my newest edition of Arizona Wildlife News, which is a podcast publication that comes from the arizona game and fish department and it had an article that particularly grabbed my attention so i reached out to the department mr john treewheeler john thanks for joining us this morning we really appreciate you taking time out of your weekend
2: Well, thanks for having me rosie i appreciate it
1: <clears throat> so come come over here he he can't hear you john hang tight we're gonna trade okay it is a ah, brand new, beautiful studio, but we're still in a learning process here at our flagship station. Hey, Mr. John.
2: Hey, Rosie. You got me now.
0: I got you now. I apologize. Um, so, reading uh, the July-August edition of Arizona of the Wildlife News, um, we're talking about uh, the water program to get water out to all the guzzlers that have been built over the years uh, throughout the state. How many guzzlers do y'all have, and what purpose do they serve?
2: Yeah, Rosie, so there's 3,000 of them. We we call them wildlife waters, and of those, there's man-made catchments, and those are the guzzlers you're referring to. There's 3,000 of them across the state. They're likely in pretty rural, remote areas. Um, Some of them are up on mountainsides for bighorn sheep. Um, They're all over the state. And the purpose they serve is to make sure that uh, our wildlife out there, uh, they have access to water in the hot, dry summer months. So they are there to make sure that our wildlife species can get a drink of water, can cool off when they are out there in these triple-digit temperatures and when it's dry. And they're actually pretty cool. They're completely designed to be self-sufficient. It's basically like a giant tin apron that's on the ground, and right below that are storage tanks. So it collects any rainwater, any moisture. It feeds it into a gutter system, goes right into storage tanks, and then that uh, adjacent to that is a drinker that sits on a float valve. So that water will just come out as it's needed, and then wildlife of any size, any shape can come up to that and drink that water. The only problem is when it doesn't rain, and we know we have that problem here in Arizona. That's we don't right. get enough rain. Uh, those storage tanks don't fill up with water and that drinker system dries up. So we are then tasked with the effort of making sure that it doesn't dry up so we will haul water whether it's via a giant water truck or it's incredible. via helicopter,
0: get oh, water
2: to these places.
0: Well, I can tell a story where a couple years ago I had taken my Ford four wheel drive F one fifty back, and I was I was by myself, and I got back on this road that really had me puckered up. It was a, it was a pretty steep road. It was rough, and my back tire slid off in a precarious position more than once. And I was in four-wheel drive and inching up, and I got to a point where it was just wide enough to pull off. And I thought, you know what? This is about as far as I would want to walk out if I had to. So I parked and crawled over to the side of the hill, got my binoculars, and was just kind of scouting and looking. And I heard this rumbling, something coming up the road. And I thought, what? What nut? (laughs) <laughs> would come up this road. And it was a game and fish water tank five times bigger than mine. The, whoever was driving that vehicle had nerves of steel. If I'd been him, I would have called Ty or Larry and said, "Look, if you want water up at that tank, your, your, your truck's going to be parked at Forest Road 72 where it crosses Indian Creek. You come deliver it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, they're they're pretty amazing. Our, our staff that deliver water Man. Uh, and go through some of those really rural, remote areas, as you know. I mean, <sighs> that's the goal here is we're targeting the wildlife, so our trucks will go on some pretty rugged, uh, steep, uh, really incredible terrain, and you know that's part of it. It takes uh, that takes a wear and tear on our vehicles and on our staff. And so we've got, of course, make sure those vehicles are up and running, make sure that they have the appropriate maintenance they need. Uh, So when they're going down some of those really uh, areas of terrain, uh, it can really eat up that vehicle quite a bit. Well, John, the uh, reason the reason
0: I wanted to cover this on air is because y'all allow us lovers of the outdoors lovers of the game of Arizona to participate in helping defer this cost how could our Arizona homeowners help a little bit what's the what's the connection for that real quick real quick
2: Rosie so yep it's uh you can text send water all one word
0: to 41444 John thanks a million for joining us keep the water going buddy keep the water flowing appreciate it we will thank you Rosie
1: expect it happen like a tree branch or a saguaro falling on your vehicle and that put car buying on your to-do this weekend well it's got to be today because sanderson ford's never open on sunday they've got uh, people on staff on standby if you'd like to go in and talk to somebody about picking out a vehicle for you it's really interesting i never really thought of going in and creating your own custom car and having it ordered you know it was always just walk through the lot and find what's available and they always had a great selection but you can actually sit down and get every little detail customized to you and it'll be assembled and railed right to Sanderson Ford and if you want they can even bring it to your home uh, they, they will deliver so again that's today Sanderson Ford in Glendale 51st Avenue just south of Glendale no hassle Locally owned, locally operated family, huge supporter of law enforcement and the local community. And just the, the reasons to do business with them go on forever. And go bug John Pratt when you're there. And that's, that's why we send everyone we know to Sanderson Ford one 767 4348 That's one triple eight rosie for you if you'd like to join the conversation this Saturday morning. We are talking, uh, our article this week talks about uh, cutting back your electric bills in seven easy ways you, the homeowner, can do. We do. Before we go to that, uh, I want to do one more little follow-up on
0: last week's show. We had the Register of Contractors in here. And our article for the week was warning Arizona homeowners about door-to-door solicitors that come uninvited, knock on your door, and try and persuade or convince you that you need to listen to their sales presentation for this or that. And the Red of contractors came in, and he says, you know, Rosie, that's actually going to accelerate uh, in the monsoon because as these roofs get torn off the patios uh collapse or get blown in the neighbor's yard you have a lot of these storm chasers that come around and that's a lot about how they go about soliciting their business so we were talking about door-to-door solicitors and how careful you arizona homeowners need to be about even opening the door and our Email box exploded last week about one particular person in North Phoenix and North Scottsdale. Someone came to our door saying they were from APS and needed to check our meter. And they also mentioned what company they work for. They looked at the meter and said they'll send someone to update the meter tomorrow. When tomorrow came, they came with a presentation for a solar panel purchase program. (laughs) Um, So they come camouflaged as someone working for the utility company or representing the utility company. This same one person apparently was working the neighborhood pretty hard. And this is the kind of response we got. Um, Gina says, you know what? When they knock on my door, I tell them we don't buy. From anyone who knocks on our door. And then I close the door. And uh, Jackie says, I had a no soliciting sign in the front yard and they ignored it. (laughs) Uh, Chris says, I have the same sign. I point to it and I slam the door. So y'all need to be careful. Um, The kind of words that were used to explain this particular person by multiple people, he would not stop no matter how often I said we were not interested. He would not leave our property. Uh, They didn't even mention solar until they came back the following day saying my husband had made an appointment with them, and he hadn't. Uh, Some guys are pushy, but this one was the worst I'd ever seen. And he did make it feel like he represented APS. Very sneaky, very scary. So just this exploded in our mailbox this week as a result of what our topic was last week. When someone comes up your front walk to knock on your door and he, they are uninvited, you don't have to. To open the door, and I'm not saying there aren't a few legitimate companies that use door-to-door solicitors, but uh, they ought to respect the no soliciting sign, and they ought to respect it when you say we're not interested, go away. So, this week's topic for this particular hour right now is the struggle to parse the English language, the difference between energy efficiency and renewable energy it, it, it's not the same thing when we talk about energy efficiency at your home and you're welcome to call we have open lines right now at one 767 4348 when we talk about energy efficiency it's the discipline uh, the practice of using less energy to get the same amount of output so In a simple illustration, the air conditioning industry over the years, back in the 60s, our air conditioning equipment had one compressor. It was a single speed, and it took a lot of electricity to get that thing started. As much as six times more energy to start the compressor than to run the compressor, and that's what you were being charged for so the units that were turning off and on off and on off and on were horribly expensive to run didn't matter when power was two two and a half cents a kilowatt but when it got to eight nine ten as high as 20 cents a kilowatt started making a lot of difference so the industry was responding to the consumer's demand for more efficiency. And we started coming up with new compressors. We came up with two-stage compressors that would come in and start slow and kick into high if you needed it. Then we came into multi-stage, and now there are manufacturers that have compressors that have virtually limitless stages it only comes on as strong or as hard as you're asking it to given the current conditions outside and your thermostat setting inside so we're now able to air condition a home for about half the price with half the energy that we were able to do it just 20 or 30 years ago. That's energy efficiency, okay? Now, when we're looking at saving money, energy, we are always in Arizona looking at trying to cut that summer air conditioning bill. So we have to take a look at the low-hanging fruit. And we've said it for 15 years. If you haven't got a whole house energy audit done, do it it costs less than a hundred dollars they bring out very expensive equipment they spend several hours at your home and they identify all the low-hanging fruit what are the simple inexpensive things that can be fixed at your home either by yourself or you can hire a contractor that are gonna pay you the highest return on investment now unfortunately like everything else There are good energy auditors, and there are poor energy auditors that are simply trying to sell you something. So you have to get an energy auditor that you trust, someone that's been doing it for a while, someone that knows the right questions to ask, has the right equipment at hand. We have several of them listed at rosyonthehouse.com. You want to take a look at that energy report. And I would tell you, if you hadn't had one done in two or three years— It's $100. Get it done again and take a look at it, and it will tell you what you can do to start saving money by becoming more energy efficient. And just something as simple as screening, shade screening your south and west windows will pay you a big return on investment. Circulating air with ceiling fans in rooms that are occupied will show you a savings on your bill. So that's energy efficiency. Now, people get confused and they say, well, I, wanna, I want renewable energy. Well, renewable energy is the energy that they're making at the power plant. And it's the power, it's, it's the fuel they're using to generate it. So renewable um, would be solar and wind, which are the two most popular uh, uh, industries right now. But you have to be careful. I heard, I heard today, or not today, but I heard this week, uh, someone was actually blaming Tesla for the low water levels at Lake Powell. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would like to see a study. Where would you go to see objective, empirical data as to how efficient charging an electrical vehicle with renewable energy really is? Now, you would think the perfect match is charging your Tesla off-peak from your solar bank or your battery bank. I can tell you, when we were encouraging people to switch to supercooling, go to time of use, and that was about the time Tesla was rolling out their first models, we did get a couple phone calls. About, I went to supercooling and my bill quadrupled. So, away, it was something wrong. (laughs) And we found out they were quick charging their Tesla on peak. So, you don't quick, you do not quick charge your electric vehicle in an on peak period for sure. So, renewable energy is a lot of different things. Some people would say that hydroelectric is renewable. As long as there's water in the lake (laughs) as long as there's water in the lake and the rain's falling from the sky and the snow's packing up north it's renewable so that's energy efficiency versus renewable energy and we're going to cover next hour just seven tips you can consider utilizing that will significantly cut your summer cooling bill jennifer and i were out visiting with a homeowner just this past week A listener. Been a listener a long time. Finally decided to try supercooling last summer and saw some savings. And then she studied it a little more and practiced it a little more. And I saw her bill when we visited her this week. In July of 2021, her daily energy costs were over $12 a day. So $360, not bad for a 4,000-square-foot home. That adds up, though. Last July, this July, year over year, same number of days in the month, same average temperature. She cut that to $6 a day. She cut her summer electric bill in half by just being smart on using power. Off peak, and her peak limit. She's on Super Saver Max, so she has her peak load setting at two, and she accomplished a 1.4. So, a 4,000 square foot home with the thermostat set at 70 degrees all month long. Her bill 4,000 square feet of house, her bill was under two hundred dollars now that's being energy efficient energy smart rosie on the house Doing what we can to answer any question you might have, feel free to give us a ring, one 767 4348 So, wrapping up this particular hour before we go into our last hour of the day, the 10 o'clock hour, where we're going to be sharing with you seven very specific tips on ways that you can save money on your summer electric bill. But this hour... There are a couple things we covered that I'd like to emphasize just a little bit. One, don't answer the door for door-to-door solicitors. If you do answer the door, if it's something you are interested in, have them make an appointment. And prior to accepting the appointment, research who they are, what company they're representing, and make sure they're licensed, bonded, and insured. No reason... You have to be subjected to a pushy, rude uh, individual who's only trying to get your name and phone number so he can turn it over to somebody else. He'll get paid for that name and phone number. He's just a lead collector. That's all he is, okay? So be prepared. And if they come under questionable Identity or uniforms that should just raise the alert in your own mind that that's not somebody you want to do business with. All right, so everybody, be careful. We've we went into that in a big way last week, and apparently it paid some big dividends this week. One of the things we covered this hour was just a point of interest for Rosie, um, and in reading the Arizona Game and Fish, Arizona Wildlife Views magazine that I get at the house, it talked about us as Arizona homeowners how we might can help Arizona Game and Fish, who do not participate in the general state budget. Their money all comes from licenses. So uh, they could use some help in getting the water delivered. 3,000 guzzlers located throughout the state. I, I know I know where about eighty of them are. And I thought I, I, I thought I knew where most of them were. <laughs> Holy cow! Three thousand. You can go to sendwater.org and uh, just give Game and Fish a little contribution to help defer the cost of all the thousands of gallons of waters they're having to deliver to all those tanks for the benefit of. The game and wildlife located throughout our great state you know arizona game and fish department manages more different animal types than any other game and fish department of any other state in the union over 800 species Hmm. right here in arizona i did
1: not all right so sinwater.org will get you that And we've got a good chance. I haven't seen, I didn't look at any other forecasts, but Arizona Weather Force was saying that the hurricane is going to be pushing uh, the type of, weather stream that we will need for a more monsoon they said it could enhance our monsoon by 300 percent and it's imminently and it's supposed to hit dead center in arizona where the majority of the population is so if you had an that power outage and you found yourself missing something well now's the time to supply if you didn't have flashlights we have old-fashioned oil lamps that work really good uh hardly ever have to use them take them down uh, but there is about uh four minutes we lost power you never know how long it's going to be gone but it was already dark so we lit a lamp and i mean before we had time to finish adjusting it and getting it set the power is already back on but those work great because the oil unlike batteries that may just die over time yeah the oil evaporates extremely slow we filled this um we topped it back off when we got it down but we had filled it over 10 years ago and it was still 85 percent full of uh, of the lamp burning oil so it's that, a that, great that's even more reliable than a dura cell yeah it, it is <laughs> So that's a great way to have light support. Now, if you got animals in the house, you got young kids. I mean, it's a it's a flame. You, you got to be store. very careful. It's not uh, you know that thing falls over and shatters. I mean, you got a fire on your hands now. now with with no a- power to pump water to turn it off. <laughs> okay. so, yeah, right. So you got to be careful with that one. But it's it's a great reliable source. And with all this
0: additional rain coming, they're trying to get a million sandbags in Cocodino County
1: yeah a million sandbags as of uh they're doing that yeah. with volunteers uh what CAF posted because uh, I was just reading off of <laughs> off of their news feed is that they're getting help from several different fire departments the Coast Guard and the Air Force and they've hit about 400,000 and that was 17 hours ago okay
0: not a bad idea for those of you anywhere in arizona that may have experienced some surface water dilemmas uh, in prior monsoon events to stock up on some sandbags it's always easier to stock up on something uh, before uh, the entire neighborhood needs it you you can be a little bit ahead of the curve so mm-hmm. all of that and more is the information you can find
1: at rosyonthehouse.com. If, if you don't have a place to store water, uh, you know, fill up your bathtub ahead of time. If you're, you know, sometimes the water can run longer, stay on different than the the power to your home. You know, ours is different because we don't get city water. We're you're, on a well, well which is the same power lose, company. You lose power, you lose power's pump. off at the house, <laughs> power's off at the pump. Um but that's a, an old trick that they use in getting ready ahead of the hurricane season. Fill up the bathtub, plug it, you know, that'll be your drinking water for the next however if, long. If nothing else, the flushing water, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, y'all, stay tuned. Next hour, we'll be talking about the changes in the real estate market that we're seeing across Arizona, the most asked question of the week, and seven steps to big savings on your electric bill and your questions at one 767 4348